You're listening to Rhoda and Mary, a podcast on feminism, friendships, and fun inspired by the Mary Tyler Moore Show. If you're a fan of Mary Richards, Rhoda Morgenstern, and the general brilliance that is the Mary Tyler Moore Show, then we think you're going to enjoy this series. This is our very first episode, so today we just want to introduce ourselves and share what inspired us to create this podcast. Typewriter, phone ring, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is the whole essence of this podcast. What I'm talking about. Have you even seen Mary Tyler Moore? Oh man! Uh, welcome to our podcast. My name is Heather. My name is Caitlin. And we will be uh, leading you through this series uh, focused around the Mary Tyler Moore Show, uh, but going into all kinds of things beyond it as well. Um, We are two good friends who've known each other for a long time, and right now we are on opposite coasts. So I'm in New York. And I'm in LA. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, So Caitlin, do you want to introduce yourself a little more or say anything about yourself? (laughs) Sure. Um, Born and raised in LA, so native Angelino. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And always a a dancer, always in dance class, always doing ballet, ended up going professional with it in Europe, and then kind of coming back down to reality in my late 20s and trying to find second career. which found me at fashion school in LA and to pay for fashion school, I ended up getting a lot of jobs in marketing, publishing, um, executive assistant ing and, and then eventually being able to parlay some of my fashion education to be able to do some costume work and then kind of ricochet back into what all of the other jobs that got me through school fed into, which is essentially production work. So currently I work as, well, it's one of those nebulous titles like associate producer. I'm not really sure what my title is. I'm either a production executive, a brand executive, or a production assistant. (laughs) All interchangeable. Depending on who's writing the check and how they want to classify it. So um, (laughs) one of those classic lady catch-alls. And I, I have a husband and a daughter, and we live in the valley, the suburbs of Los Angeles. Um, but that's not mm-hmm. to say we haven't traveled around the country trying to get our footing and basically come back. So we lived in Portland, Oregon. We lived in Atlanta, Georgia, and now we're back in L.A. I could not be happier. And I think that pretty much sums up, for the most part, what I... My whole life. Your whole life. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that was your whole life. All right, your turn. Okay, yeah, my turn. All right. So yes, I am originally from Los Angeles as well. Um, the suburbs of Los Angeles, known as the Valley Beyond the Valley. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like the suburbs of the suburbs. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, I grew up in Valencia, which yeah is like- delightful. It's delightful. It's still technically Los Angeles County, but right. Los Angeles County is huge. So right. Exactly. That's not saying a whole lot. No. 
Um, but yeah, I grew up dancing as well. And Caitlin and I actually met at ballet school. Um, and uh, I danced professionally. Uh, well, I, I started quite young and danced in a couple of regional companies uh, before deciding that I was done with ballet and hungry and I just wanted to go back to college. So um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, hungry. <laughs> Can I just interject? Because hungry is incredible. When you said that, because I'm so removed from dance now, I was like, right, you were hungry for a career. <laughs> yeah, but also hungry for yeah, like in and out. Because yeah. you're hungry. Yeah. I was actually hungry. <laughs> All right. So I moved back to LA and I went to college. Um, I got my uh, bachelor's degree from UCLA in American literature very early on. I kind of got in on kind of the ground floor of uh, when social media started to become something that brands wanted to use uh, to increase their awareness and advertise and whatever. I started working in social media production and I've kind of been doing that sort of morphed into digital production. And now I, I basically just sort of call myself a digital producer. I've worked for several different PBS stations doing digital content. Um, I'm currently working for another arts organization doing digital content. So um, yeah, I spend a lot of time just making short videos intended for Instagram mostly. Um, but that kind of did lead me to uh, to want to explore the podcast space. And Caitlin is a real... Um, a real pal for agreeing to do <laughs> to do this with me because it's not only a pleasure just to to get to do it with her, but I do kind of consider this a, a fantastic learning experience. Um, and we are learning; like yeah. everyone should just be aware. Like this is our first time doing this, and so we're going to be experimenting with content styles and types. And um, you know, it might not always be perfect, but we hope that you enjoy it enough that you stick around and kind of go Watch on this grow. journey with us. Watch yeah. us grow. Yeah. <laughs> Watch us blossom. <laughs> um, so, well, yeah, yeah, that's me. Uh, you know. Oh, and I'm married and I have a cat. <laughs> yeah, you have your little oh, family. <laughs> and I live in Brooklyn. I guess I should say that too. And I, right. I moved to New York about a year and a half ago and it was a huge change from Los Angeles. Um, but uh, I love it now. It's It's great. I did want to just share, as I mentioned, um, we, Caitlin and I became friends, uh, well, acquaintances when we were like tweens. We were familiars. (laughs) I think (laughs) we were familiars when we were like 13 or 14, maybe. Yeah. Maybe even younger. It might have been younger, I think. But if it was younger, I think it was like one year younger. Yeah. I mean, so, and it was through ballet class. Yes. Um, and it, But I feel like, you know, we would see each other too, like randomly, like even after you left the dance studio that I was at, sometimes you'd show up at like an audition or something. And yeah. like <laughs> I would definitely show up at an audition. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like, I feel like we just kind of knew each other, even though we didn't necessarily like hang out that Okay, like well, we should be clear. Like, okay, <laughs> Heather was Heather was the star pupil of the ballet studio. I think <sighs> I think it's very fair to say that. Like, um, and and you can say that and have a, an idea of what that means. But Heather was super 
super friendly, really nice, never snooty oh. about it, but but it was definitely depends like, on who you ask. Depends who you ask. Yeah. Well, probably yeah. people who were competing with you would probably feel differently, but I never really took the whole thing seriously. I just kind of always really <laughs> accepted that Heather was the star pupil of the studio. Like she got the lead roles and I was like second to left most <laughs> snowflake, maybe if I made it. <laughs> No, but it was like, if I saw you around or if we were in a show together and I saw you, I always made a point of saying hello because I like really liked you, like just passing backstage or something. And you would always say hello back to me. And and that was like, yeah, we're cool. She said hello to me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as I have shared with you, I thought you were so cool. Like, (laughs) I, you know... I oh, I was yeah, I, I was it. so serious about ballet as a kid yeah. that like I don't I don't regret anything because I did get to do an awful lot and had a lot of opportunities and I did have a lot of fun yeah. but I think I was just like I don't I don't know it's funny to hear anybody like say I've had I've had people say to me um, that they really like hated my guts. <laughs> And went in the studio just because they were like, well, you're just like so like, yeah, so um, focused and like just no fun and whatever. So like, Mm. but I was and I I did take it really seriously and I was very ambitious and I really wanted to to make it happen. Like I wanted to be a ballet dancer. Right. And, you know, I'm glad I got to do it for the time that I got to do it. But I'm also glad that I stopped when I did because it definitely got to a point where it wasn't fun. By the way. I officially left when I was 19. Like I, yeah, I quit when I was 19 and was like, I'm done with ballet and moved right. back to California and like started going to community college classes and like really but did not know. But you straddled, but you straddled the line of like still performing and still taking class and still working. Like, was there a day when you were like, nope, not really going to do class anymore? Well, I think when I first came home, I, I did feel that way. And there was like okay. a three month period where like, I didn't, I didn't leave like my parents' house. Like but, I just was okay. so low. I completely relate to that. Cause I went through the same thing, but like, I think it's hilarious to note that like three months for a dancer is basically like <laughs> death. That's it. You're a done. Lifetime. Your muscles yeah. have atrophied. You're never coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so, but that is the funny thing. I, I didn't have the desire to take class or like perform or anything but then when Mm. I started going taking college classes I had to figure out how to pay for it oh right um, okay got it so I I got a job like teaching class at like the local you know Dolly Dinkle school I love that phrase by the way I well I guess it's kind of an offensive thing to say was that I mean I I think you're the first person that I heard say Dolly Dinkle and I was like I love that That was definitely something I heard our ballet teacher say. Really? Like, okay. That's incredible. Yeah. So, All right. Yeah. So I've always <laughs> kind of thought of – and there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's, no. It's no. great that there's these like little – But and the funny thing is like every suburban town has one of these little dance schools. It's four little kids. Like it's right. four three-year-olds basically. Yes. For performances. And, yes. And they're always next door to a donut shop. <laughs> 
at least in my experience. Oh, that's amazing. They're always next door to a donut shop. So it's like the perfect <laughs> balance of ballet and donuts. Um, yeah. So I was teaching there and I feel like teaching, you know, it forced me to kind of take class with like, you know, you're demonstrating for the kids. So right, right. Um, I had a lot of fun teaching and it's actually something I always think like maybe I'll try to go back to doing at some point, but, um, mm. but it was just mostly just for money. Like I just needed to, to work. Right. Right. Um, cause I think I did have that thing where it's like, I moved after living on my own for like three years I moved back in with my parents and it was weird. And my it's mom so, was like, yeah, it's yeah, so my, weird. But she did do that thing where she was just like, look, you can't just like loaf around here. Like you have, if you're going to live here, you have to get a job and you have to go, you have to go to school. She's like, we're not, it's just like, I let you be sad about, you know, your failed ballet dreams for three months. That's enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which I really appreciate that she did that. I mean, you yeah. need people in your life to just be like, sorry, suck it up at a certain point. Have um, I ever told you about when I, when I came, I mean, there's a lot I feel like with your story there's a lot more to talk about too but like when I moved back home I was so depressed for like so long and my mom uh was doing curves at the time (laughs) and she was like just come to curves with me it'll get you it'll get you out it'll get you moving yeah (laughs) and when I showed up the first day they looked at my mom like she cannot be here like this is not healthy to bring a young girl who is very skinny. Professional athlete. <laughs> she does not need this. And I was like, no, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. And my mom was like, just have them take your measurements just for fun. And I was like, okay. And so they did the full, like, what they do. But, like, it's for people who are trying to, like, lose weight and stuff. And they did the full, took my measurements and weighed me and everything and then I did you know the curves circuit with my mom for I think it was a month solid and at the end of the month they did my measurements again and um and I came in and they were like wow you have your body has changed a little bit and they told me how it had changed which to be fair was probably because I wasn't working out (laughs) right probably actually losing muscle (laughs) Yeah, but they yeah. said. I remember the woman said to me, "Have you noticed your clothes fitting differently?" And I said so dryly, like immediately, "Not really. I'm just wearing pajamas all the time." <laughs> oh. Nice. <laughs> That's crazy. I like. Oh my god. I I want to hear more about the curves the curves experience. <laughs> For the record, too, I think we should just say like Caitlin is has always been kind of statuesque uh she's tall she's skinny she's got legs for days so imagine if that comes into your curves session (laughs) so let's just uh talk about why the Mary Tyler Moore show and resonates with us yeah like why are we why are we doing this and why are we doing it now why are we even doing this um well, okay, this obviously goes back to when we worked at an arts, a performing arts organization. I should say, Heather actually worked there. I mostly pretended to work there, but I did get paid. <laughs> <laughs> but I dragged it out for so long. Um, no, it was great. I, that's the other thing I have to say. Like, So we had like a job open up in my department and like 
my boss was like, does anybody know? Like we needed somebody like right away. Right. And they're like, does anybody know anyone? And like, I didn't even think of Caitlin at first because like it, it was, it was too, uh, it was too low a position really for her. Like she it was, was a temporary part-time employee thing for like a couple months, I think. Yeah. So I was like, oh, she won't be interested in that. But selfishly, like <laughs> I, I wasn't, here, here it goes again. I wasn't getting along very well with my colleagues and I felt Ooh. like nobody really liked me. And so then in the back of my mind, I was just like, well, if, if I get Caitlin to get this job, at least I'll have a friend. A friend at work. <laughs> yes. And so we, like, we got, we got you in. Of course, everybody loved you. And Caitlin takes the job and like within like maybe two weeks, everyone suddenly I feel like liked me better because <laughs> Like it was like cool by association. It was like, well, if if Caitlin likes Heather, I guess she's okay. <laughs> so oh it's my like, god. It's okay, like, but wait, we have to like you are very so just like in dance, you're very serious with your work. You're such a go-getter. And it's like <laughs> if you're out doing a, a photo shoot or a video shoot of a ballerina dressed as a something or other running through the city of LA, it's not it's not not to say that it's not fun, but it's not a fun job for you. You're taking it very seriously. <laughs> yeah, I I make a point to not have fun when I'm on, especially when I'm on the clock. On the there's, clock, yeah. there's no fun, even if I'm doing yeah. the most fun thing in the world. Meanwhile, I don't take many things seriously, so which is a good way to be. Right, but also, I mean, it's also really detrimental. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think um, that's totally true, Caitlin. Like, if if that were true, then I wouldn't have asked me to come in. Yeah, because that would have looked bad on me if, like, it's my friend. No, you're right. Well, okay, but there's work ethic, right? There's dancer work ethic, and then there's also like realizing this is fine. I've just been folding you know, newsletters and stuffing them into envelopes for the past four hours. And I'm having a great time. Like, you know, there's a difference between that and like, I've got a major deadline and everybody's waiting for this and I have to do, you know, reports and stuff like that. That's, it definitely sets a different tone. So yeah, but it was the building we were in mid-century modern. We all Mm. had the joke that the bathroom was the Peggy bathroom because we all cried (laughs) in there at different points for different reasons. And, and we love that bathroom. (laughs) I feel like, and we also had this like giant mirrored landscape to walk by to even get to that bathroom. Oh yeah. (laughs) It was even more like a very dramatic, like, uh, it just led for a lot of dramatics. Um, but (laughs) where are you going with this? What I'm trying to say is, is working together there is when we started talking about Mary Tyler Moore show and just immediately like you are Mary and I am Rhoda. Like, yeah. And it, and it was our joke to like do that for Halloween and, and, and just embrace that (laughs) and laugh about it. And, and it's, and it's even just like personality wise and even just style wise and dressing wise. And we really, we really break down and, and line up as those characters. We definitely do. And as much as though started this whole thing. Yeah, I think you're right. Like we found a common um just something sort of fun and and um relatable. But I mean, obviously so the whole like 
are you a Mary or a Rhoda thing is obviously a thing, which I didn't, I, you know, there's like in Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, you know, that's like the big fight that they get into. Yes. Like who's the Mary? (laughs) Like, I remember finding that funny when I was a kid watching that movie, but I hadn't watched the Mary Tyler Moore show. Like I knew, Uh right. I knew, knew what, what they, they were, were sort of about. referring to. Yeah. And right. I, I realized that like, oh, Mary Tyler Moore, so, so cute and glamorous and, you know, but mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't really understand like how so many women kind of right. can, can feel like they can relate to those two women and sort of yeah. find themselves yeah. in friendships like that. And, um, yeah, but I mean, I do think you're right. I think I'm probably more Mary than Rhoda oh but God, I wish I was so much I, more oh. <laughs> well, but I wish I wish I was Rhoda like that's that's the thing and maybe that's kind of partly why they they're such good friends it's like they have admiration for each other in different mm-hmm. in that different way right. but like right. Rhoda is so much funnier and cooler and her like style is so amazing and she's just so witty that like once I started watching the Mary Tyler Moore show I was like Oh shit! Like I really would rather be a Rhoda. <laughs> so when so, did you first discover the Mary Tyler Moore Show? Yeah, contrary to you, I discovered it when Nick at Night was airing it, which Ooh. was yeah. And I did I did a little research to discover that they were airing it uh, or started around ninety four ninety five. 96 and and it and I'm blurring those three years together because I don't know when they were started watching yeah they were a blur for me those were my heavy drinking days Uh, (laughs) no I was like 12 um (laughs) no this was so I like you watched all of the Dick Van Dyke show and was Mm -hmm. obsessed with the Dick Van Dyke show but that was also the Nick at Night Era. Yeah. And I think that started like yeah. 1994 and 1995, but yeah. it was specifically when we lived in a house where I got to have a TV in my room. Ooh. And so, and so I remember that that was around 95. So I think that's when I started watching and it was like the Dick Van Dyke show, the Mary Tyler Moore show and taxi were like the three shows that I was completely obsessed with. And it was I was thinking about how weird it was because I would then go to school and only want to wear like pedal pushers and flats, <laughs> right? But like I had yeah. no, I had, I was completely out of touch with current pop culture at the time because oh my God. I wasn't watching the shows that my that friends were watching. watching. Yeah, I was watching this Nick is, at Night and wishing I was why, alive in another time. Yeah, this is why we're friends. Because I yeah. feel like I was the same way. Like, I've never <laughs> been, I've never been, like, in line with my current, like, the current. Your generation? My generation's pop culture. Like, I yeah. definitely can relate. I think, I think for, for context with our podcast, I watched it like crazy then. And loved it and was obsessed with any chance we got to see Rhoda's apartment. And and I was obsessed with Rhoda, like, having a scarf around her head and, like, love, like, love, love, loved it. And then, and then we moved in the next house we lived in, which is then where we lived until basically I became an adult and moved out and had my own life. But, like, my 
for whatever reason, there was this like adamance that we wouldn't have TV when we lived there. And I, I don't know what or why it was, but no TV uh, at all. Like no anywhere? TV at all. No. Oh. Um, and so, so then I lost, I like, you know, yeah. stopped seeing it regularly. Um, and then when you and I were working together, that's when we brought it up because that's when you were watching it and I haven't yeah. revisited it until preparing for the podcast. Oh, that's and, great. And and it is great because like jokes about the, or the joke about the birth control pill. <laughs> yeah. At 12 or 13, like no idea over my head. Right. No idea yeah. what they're talking about. But now it's like, it's so different. Everything is resonating and landing so differently with me. So, um, Oh, that's such good news. Like I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah, it is, so it's, a fun, it's a fun, you're welcome. Um, it's a fun yeah. thing to, to rediscover for sure. I mean, yeah. even yeah. I, you know, have watched, I, I actually haven't watched the entire seven seasons to be honest, but I've watched most of all of them. And, right. um, but like even now, like, going back and rewatching season one it yeah I mean there's even things that like you know I forgot about that I'm like oh that's fun like you know and yeah and also like just seeing just going through the growth of the characters again is is always sort of fun um so do you have a favorite episode of all time so no so okay because and I feel like I need to I needed to say that that preparatory part because I Obviously, there's go-tos to be like, this is a favorite, this is a favorite. But because I watched them when I was 12 and there yeah. are things that stand out then, it's so different now because I'm going in order now, right? Okay. Watching first season. And so I can sit here and be like, well, I don't know yet because I yeah. haven't gotten all the way through. I don't, I don't want to say and then, you know, be really on the nose with chuckles the clown right because <laughs> yeah. i haven't gotten there and maybe that's too on the nose maybe maybe rhoda's mom coming to town is the one that really affects me now right. you yeah. know like yeah. so um i do i do want to um revisit that question later when we when we both get through the whole series at, you know at this point yeah life. okay cool well so to that you? Yeah, so so that kind of uh, is a good segue for me to kind of explain how we're going to structure the podcast. We aren't going to, like, dissect every single episode in great detail, but we are going to sort of look at each episode from season one and uh, the themes that those, sh those episodes bring up and kind of uh, delve off into some bigger topics about that, and we will be um, – sort of also relating them to modern uh, current events and our lives and all of that. So um, yeah. even if you haven't seen every episode of the Mary Tyler Moore show, like it's not like you have to have watched it in order to like find some, find this enjoyable, I hope. <laughs> right. No, um, it's not like, it's not like we're talking about lost, you know, exactly. there aren't going to be spoiler alerts. There's nothing that you're missing, but you're missing out if you're not watching it for sure. Yeah, and actually, it's cool that um, it is now available to stream in several places. Um, uh huh. So, I'm currently rewatching it on Hulu. Um, so am I. Okay. <laughs> so, if Hulu wants to sponsor this, 
more than willing to to accept that. That's great. <laughs> or think it big. Um, but I know it's available like on, you can buy it on Amazon. And um, I actually have like some of the DVDs because when I first started watching it, like that was the only way to get it. So uh-huh, right. um, you back know, in all, the old days, back in those old days, um, five years ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, yep. Okay, well, should we should we end? Should this? we do a little sign off? Yeah. All right, guys. So that wraps up our very first episode of Rhoda and Mary. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you checking this out and hanging out with us uh, today. And we hope that by getting to know us a little bit better, you will stick around and listen to our upcoming episodes. The next one is going to focus on the Mary Tyler Moore theme song, which everybody knows is a badass tune. So be sure to check it out. If you get a moment and want to rate us in the iTunes store or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, that would be fantastic. We'd really appreciate it. And be sure to subscribe and that way you will get notifications every time we release a new episode. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. And remember, love is all around.